Welcome to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast with New York Times bestselling author, Christine Carlson. Chris shares don't sweat wisdom to help you achieve greater mental health, self-compassion, and better communication with family, friends, and coworkers. Listen in and learn simple ways to live your most vibrant life of joy. Welcome back to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast. This is Christine Carlson. Before we begin our wonderful interview today, let's go ahead and take our golden pause. So wherever you are, sit comfortably. And of course, if you're driving, just pay attention to the road and use this as a deep breathing exercise. Or if you're doing something, whatever it is, just use this as a deep breathing exercise. But if you can, sit comfortably in a chair and cross your legs, place your palms open on your lap and otherwise sit Indian style, lean back against something and place your palms open on your lap and close your eyes. And just begin to breathe with me. Breathing in through your nose, allowing your chest and your belly to fully expand, taking in the fullness of your breath and on the exhale, just release, relax and let go. And breathing in pure golden sunlight from the top of your head to the tips of your fingers and your toes. On the exhale, just release any anticipation or fear that you feel. Let it go. And breathing in pure golden sunlight to the top of your head to the tips of your fingers and your toes again. On the exhale, just relax, release, and let go. And breathing in pure golden sunlight through your core, through your heart, through your mind, through your entire body. On the exhale, just release what doesn't serve you. And this time, as you breathe in pure golden sunlight to every cell of your being, place your hand on your heart, activating your heart, opening your heart, and spend a moment thinking of one thing you feel grateful for. And as you breathe in that pure golden gratitude to every cell of your being, on the exhale, release, relax, and let go a little bit more. And breathing in pure golden gratitude to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and your toes, on the exhale, just release and relax a little bit more. And breathing in pure golden gratitude to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and your toes. On the exhale, allow that gratitude to wash over you like a cascading waterfall of pure joy. And breathing in pure golden gratitude one last time, allow it to wash over you again like a cascading waterfall of pure joy. And taking one last deep breath in on the exhale, go ahead and open your eyes. Ah, now I feel like I've arrived. So we have this wonderful interview today with a man named Dan Buglio that I was um, had the pleasure of learning about his work um, from a dear friend who was going through some chronic pain. And I'm so excited to share um, this Dan Bouglio with you and his um, many ideas about how to not really manage your chronic pain, but just 
well, we'll talk about that. He may have he may have a totally different vocabulary for you than I do. So I'm not even going to say anything. I'm just going to read his bio to you, <laughs> and then we'll get started. So Dan is a chronic pain coach with a specialty in TMS and mind-body resolution for pain or other symptoms. His experience first began 25 years ago with 13 years experiencing back pain and sciatica. Once he beat it, he continued to learn, study, and eventually coach others on how to get out of pain themselves. Dan teaches various concepts through daily videos posted on Facebook and YouTube on his pain-free You channels. With over 1,200 videos posted over the past three plus years, Dennis helped thousands around the world. A great place to get familiar with his work is getting started on his website at www.painfreeyou.com forward slash start. Well, welcome, Dan. It's so nice to have you here. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, well, so first I want to, um, I would love for you to just start with your story of, you know, I'm sure you have a story of pain and, and how you found these, this, this whole pain-free way of dealing with your own chronic pain. Well, I mean, I was probably in my early thirties and it's funny, as I look back, I don't even have specific dates because who writes that stuff down when you're in the middle of it, but definitely early thirties. I remember which house I was in. I remember my son was very young and, um, Yeah, bent over to put on my underwear one morning and got that stabbing sharp pain in my back. And that started 13 long years worth of pain. Now, clearly bending over to put your underwear on is not dangerous. There's no way I threw my back out or that my back went out or any of those standard cliche statements surrounding the world of back pain. Um, But that's what started things. And for the first year, you know, I got bad, it would get a little better, it would flare up again, up and down, up and down. After about a year, uh, I discovered the work of Dr. John Sarno, a name that many in this space are very familiar with. Literally heard about him through Howard Stern on his radio show in the 90s. And Howard was a very big uh, fan and patient of Dr. Sarno. So I heard about him, got the Sarno book, and then got the books and then kept on studying and initially i did pretty well but then the pain would come back and then i'd get better and the pain would come back and up and down went that journey Uh, but it literally took me you know 12 years from discovering dr sarno till the time i was actually able to resolve my pain now not everybody takes that long but it took me a very long time even though i knew what was going on so let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about Dr. Sarno. Um, and, and what did you discover through Dr. Sarno? Because I assume that like also during this time period, you were also having tests done and going to the doctor and trying to figure out, were you trying to figure out medically what was wrong with you at the same time before you came to Dr. Sarno? Or In the you- first year, I did some of that, you know, standard general practitioner, uh, he just gave me muscle relaxers, recommended chiropractic. If it wasn't getting better, it wasn't. So I went to chiropractic and, you know, I, I did a good bit of that. There was an x-ray ordered and it was normal, mild disc degeneration, typical for my age, nothing 
that the doctors were concerned with, but yet I had significant pain. Once I found out about Dr. Sarno, I did not pursue additional medical investigations. Um, I ended up doing some physical therapy along the way. Um, I did a lot of stretching, trying to do, you know, fix some muscle imbalances with some materials I found. And so I was kind of straddling the fence between believing it was TMS, which I did. And I was very certain of that. But yet, after years, I got very crooked. I was all out of alignment. And I don't know if you've ever seen those pictures on my website at painfreeu.com. Scroll down the page and you'll see I was all jacked up. So I started trying to straighten out my body late in the, late in the process. And that never worked because it wasn't a body problem. So Dr. Sarno discovered that the brain creates the pain to distract us from, in his theory, the repressed negative emotions, right? Which can start many people down the path of, I've got to go find those repressed emotions so I can get rid of the pain. And I tried all that. I did journaling. I did emotional discovery through my own efforts. I did not seek out a therapist, um, but it was a lot of you know, trying to figure out what was going on psychologically. And I felt like I pretty well excavated my past, and yet I was still in pain. And so it took me about 13 years of trial and error and learning. And, you know, when I was going through this, like Facebook, YouTube podcasts, these things were not even in existence. I mean, I was going through this, you know, on the dawn of the internet, really. Um, and late in my journey, there was a, a tmshelp.com website. And that was an old fashioned style bulletin board where people got together and talked about it. But that was it. So I had to trial and error. Uh, I like to say I made every mistake in the book, even though they're not really written in the book, I made every mistake possible which kept the symptoms and pain persistent um, and eventually accidentally stumbled on, you know, many of the things which I teach now, but when it happened, I couldn't even tell you what the pieces of that puzzle were. It just somehow came across it. Um, and then I never lost the fascination with the, the concepts, the principles, um, and so I stayed involved. So when things like Facebook and YouTube started, I, I would participate in the various TMS groups and can just continue to learn. Can you just share with our listeners what TMS is? Dr. Sarno coined the term tension myositis syndrome, which was, you know, tension in the body, um, myositis, myo meaning muscle, um, so it was basically pain created by the brain. And in his theory, it was to distract. You can also substitute protect us from these overwhelming, scary and dark emotions. So that was Sarno's theory, which again has left decades worth of people thinking emotions are the problem. Emotions are the solution. And so 
I found that despite all of my emotional discovery and work and journaling and everything else, I still hurt. And so I believe Sarna was right in that the brain was protecting us from something the brain perceived as dangerous. Right? right. And what I have come to learn through all of my work and research and teaching daily for over three years straight, literally, I think tomorrow or the next day is going to be um, 1,200 videos in a row daily without missing a day. That's crazy. And so by doing that and getting the feedback from all the people watching, um, as well as starting coaching probably about five years ago and learning along the way from other TMS or mind-body practitioners, I've kind of put together some pieces and synergized everything I've learned. And now I've taken Sarno's theory and leveled it up a bit to what I call perceived danger pain. So pain could be, well, pain is created by the brain based on the brain's perception of what type of danger you're in. And so, yes, Sarno's theory fits perfectly in that. But if you've done the emotional work and it has not resulted in a cure or a relief of the pain, it's very possible that along the way, um, we have learned that other things are perceived as dangerous. Body positions, movements, activity, stress, emotions for sure are part of that. Even our own thinking can turn the danger signals on. And so I've, I've always said that fear and attention can keep symptoms going. Oh, um, so hence, that's why it like um, some of the time I've heard you say that actually analyzing your pain and doing um, the different exercises like journaling and sort of, I, I kind of see that as drumming up the past. And, you know, I, I hesitate to say there's not any benefit in looking at your past and letting it go. But the problem with that is that a lot of, we don't do that a lot of the time. We drum up our past and then we're back into the same emotional state that the past mm -hmm. has brought to our attention. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, and you know, I literally just did a video in the past couple of days. Um, do we have to deal with our trauma to recover from this TMS mind-body syndrome? Uh, and my overall state is if you've done that work and it hasn't resulted in a solution or a cure, then you can probably stop doing that work because there's probably other things that the brain is still perceiving as dangerous that are keeping it going. And one thing that's very clear to me is that what created the pain in the beginning may have nothing to do with why it's still persisting. And yeah. So it's very important for us to understand that, uh, at least in my opinion, perceived danger is literally the trigger for pain. If you touch a hot stove, your hand's not creating the pain. Your hand is just sending a signal up to the brain, and it's the brain that has to interpret. feels warm. You're standing in front of a stove. That's been on, and you're touching metal. It's the brain that makes a decision to turn on the pain as a warning signal so that you yank your hand away. And all of this happens in the fraction of a millisecond and it works instantly, the pain goes on. And now the minute you realize I'm not burnt, 
the pain's already gone. So pain, in my opinion, and it's not just an opinion, there's other pain scientists and people around the world who have studied this stuff much deeper than I have. Pain is a warning signal. It's a protective mechanism, and it is based on the brain's perception of the danger. The more perceived danger, the more intense the pain can be. And consistent perceived danger can keep the pain going long term. And, you know, I get into the concept of neuroplasticity and how the brain wires these things. And, but I don't think we have to become pain or, excuse me, brain rewiring specialists in order to get better. No, I think it is helpful to understand it, though. I mean, to understand, yeah, for sure. You know, because otherwise, if you don't understand, then you can't believe um, mm -hmm. that you're okay. And that's really at the very basis of your work, right? Is to realize deeply that that sense of safety, that sense Absolutely. of being safe and secure so that you aren't having that perceived danger. And I mean, yeah, so it all starts, it all starts with knowledge, right? What is going on? How does this system called the human body work? Because if you don't understand that, you're just going to be looking at your x-ray or MRIs and the medical diagnosis that you got from the doctor and come away thinking, I'm broken. I'm all messed up. And if your brain believes that what you believe that you're broken, what do you think it's going to do every time you bend over or walk too far or whatever? It's going to turn on the pain to protect you from this perceived danger. And so what's fascinating is this isn't a matter of lying to ourselves and trying to convince our brain that some real actual big medical physical problem is not a problem. Most of those things are innocent bystanders, as Dr. Sarna used to say. Um, changes in the MRI that are seen. He said that's like the gray hair of the spine. We all have those, as he called it, normal abnormalities. So understanding how the system works, the purpose of pain to protect us from a perceived danger, how the brain can learn to keep it going based on fear and attention. And if we understand that most of chronic pain has been learned based on perceived danger, and so we can unlearn it. As a matter of fact, Dr. Schubner literally wrote a book called Unlearn Your Pain. So if we if the brain can learn to keep pain persistent we can unlearn it and i believe that our brain is not trying to punish us or torture us i don't think our brain is malfunctioning uh, i think our nervous system is working perfectly our brain is working perfectly but it's operating on misinformation and fear i think so my job is to help correct the data going into the front of the system which says I'm out. This is how the pain system works. This is how the human body and the brain, and the nervous system works. And once we understand that, we realize, oh, so the brain's misunderstanding this danger to be a real danger. But in fact, it's a normal disc bulge or a normal amount of osteoarthritis, for example, or a normal whatever, and that I'm really not truly in danger. Once we correct the data, we can dial down the fear. And when the brain dials down the fear, we're able to shift our attention more towards living life. And without attention and fear, there's no fuel to keep this chronic pain going. 
So it doesn't have to be more complex than that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I love a lot of times what you say is, you know, if you're feeling pain, you can't um, not feel it. I mean, it's there. You can't. You, you you're going to notice it. it. Yeah, you notice it, but then don't feed it with a lot of attention. Just go live your life. You know, live sure. your life. And I mean, a lot of times, if we equate that to just all sorts of things that we have to deal with, whether it's chronic pain or trauma or grief. I mean, or, or we know we have an illness, we, we oftentimes we have to have this thing happening and we just have to live our lives in the midst of it. And so I love that because that is the way that um, I think also the idea of bringing your attention back to what is present. Um, and I think that is hard for people who are in pain because oftentimes that does take their mind's attention and their mind goes right to that, um, to that pain center. So, um, I think that it's powerful what you say, just, just, you know, notice it and, and live your life. And I know that's helped a friend of mine tremendously, you know, and, um, and this whole idea of chronic pain can come on so suddenly and, mm -hmm. and, and that, that's why this is a whole journey, isn't it? I mean, would you say that your life is somehow, richer because you've had to learn these things well i wouldn't be doing what i do as a profession in a business coaching people had i not experienced what i experienced i'd probably be off doing something else um so for sure it was a gift i understand myself better but i found a passion uh for helping other people so much that you know i've spent thousands of hours creating you know, all these videos and all the time I spend on Facebook and YouTube answering comments and providing feedback and uh, answering emails and instant messages. And so I, I couldn't do this if I wasn't passionate about it and if I didn't believe it wholeheartedly. You know, this isn't about wishful thinking. It's about accurate knowledge of how this system works, the human body works. And, and are you, you pain-free today? Oh, I've been chronic pain-free for over 12 years. Wonderful. Yeah, so I was able to beat it. I've had two instances in 12 years where the similar old back pain and sciatica came back, uh, but it lasted a week, which in my opinion is not chronic pain. No. That's, that's a mild instance, and I was quickly able to go, I know what that is. And I was able to check in emotionally what's going on and figure that out and allow myself to feel the emotions. But I gave the symptoms, the sensations of the back pain, zero fear, because I knew exactly what it was. It's not like I fell off the roof and landed on my back. It snuck up out of nowhere and got progressively worse over a few days. So I knew what it was, so I didn't buy into the fear. And I gave it very little attention. And if I noticed it, I would say, okay, still there, but I wasn't concerned about it. I didn't start running off to Dr. Google and researching. I didn't go back to the doctors and say, I haven't had, you know, my back looked at with imaging studies for whatever, 20 years. I better go get that. I didn't do any of that because I knew exactly what it was. So when you don't feed an instance of pain with fear or attention, generally it passes pretty quickly because if you can say to your brain, I'm not concerned. The brain goes, oh, well, he's not concerned. So I guess I, the brain, don't need to be. And it can quickly go away. Um, so 
I've been chronic pain free for approximately 12 years. And I don't even know the exact date or timing. I've tried to go through the timeline and reconstruct it and figure it out. But I, I don't even know. Because back then, I wasn't watching the calendar. You yeah. Know? So, yeah, yeah it, it's, it's a wild journey for sure. But at the end of the day, chronic pain doesn't mean you're broken. Right. And that's that's a core message that I teach. You're not broken. You're not broken physically. You're not broken emotionally and you're not broken mentally. And that mimics exactly what Dr. Sarna used to say to his patients leaving his office. And I know this because I've talked to probably about eight or so people who have been to see him in person in New York, New York City when Dr. Sarna was practicing. He would literally dismiss his patients by saying, there's nothing wrong with you. Go live your life. That was his message, even after seeing their MRIs and bulging or herniated discs and all that stuff. These are normal abnormalities. There's nothing wrong with you. Go live your life. So my core message is you're not broken. You just think you are, but you're really not. And so this is not a healing process. I, I never use the word, here's how to heal yourself, because healing assumes a physical body or disease process. It's not. It's a misunderstanding of perceived danger that the brain is making a decision to turn on pain or keep it going. There's nothing to heal. Your brain doesn't need to heal. Your brain just needs better data, better information, so you can dial down the fear and shift your attention back to living your life. So you mentioned earlier, you know, don't give it too much concern, live your life. And I guarantee there's people listening who are going to say, but I can't live my life. It hurts too bad. What am I supposed to do? Right. And so my answer is always going to be do what you can within your limitations. But it's got to start with the clarity that you're actually not broken. Because if you walk around thinking, well, you know, some doctor, some person told me my body's the problem. I understand this TMS, the Sarno stuff, what Dan calls perceived danger pain. But I don't know. I still think it's a physical problem our brains are going to remain cautious because the brain's primary job is safety and survival, right? That's its job. And so if the brain is convinced that, well, you know, it really might be a body problem. What do you think it's going to do every time you bend over or go for a hike or do this? The brain will turn on the pain signals because it's saying, I'm not convinced this is not dangerous. So I better warn him and turn on those pain signals. So clarity absolutely has to be the foundation. Without that accurate knowledge, it's going to be really tough to consciously dial down the fear and teach the brain that even at a subconscious level, we're okay. So the clarity absolutely is the foundation. Without that, it's going to be tough. Well, I love that you said that because you're right. I mean, it, it is is so it's such a cycle, chronic pain, from what I understand. I've never really... I mean, I've never really truly dealt with chronic pain myself, but I've had many friends and seen many people, mm -hmm. including my late husband, deal with chronic back pain. And it is a cycle and it's, it's a difficult cycle. So what is the very, like, well, let's just go back just so we can kind of recap on a, on a way that people may find this very useful. Like, what is the very first thing that you would suggest that somebody... I mean, I don't want to say do, but I guess, I guess 
yeah, do when they are in chronic pain and, and they want to get out of pain and use these concepts and this new data. Well, the starting point, like I was just saying, has to be learning, knowledge. Yeah. How does this system work? Because, again, as long as you believe the medical diagnosis that your body's the problem, your brain's likely going to use pain to protect you from using this damaged, weak, you know, broken body and causing further damage, which is not the case. The human body has this miraculous ability to heal. So even in the case of a true injury, the body heals. Chronic pain is not the natural state of the human body. It's just not. And so knowledge is first and foremost. That's why in the bio, I put that painfreeu.com forward slash start. There's a couple of videos there which will teach what is going on. There are also two different assessments. One is a pain test which will determine how somebody's pain is behaving. Because if you break your arm, the pain behaves very reliably because it is a structural physical break. The pain that's created by the brain is less, I'll say consistent, where it behaves differently. In some cases, it comes out of nowhere. Like in my case, it was an acute onset of TMS, this perceived danger pain, bending over. My brain said, uh-oh. And there was a lot of stress and chaos going on in my life at the time. And this is what happened. Um, but the accurate knowledge on that start page, there's learning and then there's assessments. And if your pain is behaving like these type of uh, TMS type of symptoms, then it's TMS. Your brain is creating the pain, not your body. And it's a, that's obviously the next thing. You learn how the system works, and then you say, does this fit for me? Does my pain behave this way? And, you know, people can go to those assessments, but, I mean, just a simple example, which is not all inclusive, but somebody can feel, like, pretty painful on a regular daily basis, but they get invited to a friend's house, and they go out and they have a good time, and while they're out with their friends, they realize later, wow, I really didn't hurt much. Well, how is that possible? If you're doing more and engaging more, why wouldn't you hurt more or at least the same if it was structural? Well, that's a good indicator that it's not structural because when you're otherwise engaged in living life, what does the brain perceive? Oh, he or she is safe. Look, they're having a good time. They're at a party. Oh, good. The brain feels safe. The symptoms can come down. And I hear those type of stories over and over and over again. Um, so to just simply say, oh, chronic pain, go live your life. That may terrify this subconscious brain that's going, my job is to keep you safe. You haven't convinced me of anything. And now you're going to go for a jog. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so it has to start with the knowledge. It has to start with the assessment next. Once you understand it and say, yep, this absolutely does apply to me because I've noticed these patterns of you know, how the pain behaves, then you can begin to not heal, but teach the brain that you're okay. I love and I've, it. Of, I've often said um, this is a sales job to the subconscious mind, right? Yeah. 
That makes sense. What the conscious mind, and this is a quote from Sarno's book. I don't remember the exact phraseology, but what the conscious mind is quick to understand, the subconscious mind is slow to learn. So it needs to be consistency of that accurate information. And so if you're consistently calm and not too concerned by the pain, but then you start to freak out and you spend four days freaking out, oh my God, it's my body, and you go back to calm, your brain's going to say, I don't buy it. You were just freaking out yesterday. What was that all about? (laughs) And so, you know, I used to say stop freaking out, which is a really hard line to draw, especially for somebody who's terrified of their symptoms and what it means about the rest of their life. So I've, I've softened that and I say freak out less, fear less, not get rid of all fear, but fear less, freak out less, focus on it less, stop fighting it, you know, fight it less, get frustrated with it less. You know, these are the several F's that we want to do less of. And over time, the subconscious, which is running the whole show, it's running the whole autonomic nervous system, um, the subconscious will eventually say consistently, Dan is not really too concerned with this stuff. Maybe this hypervigilant brain and nervous system can start to settle down. And as you combine that, a nice calm response to the symptoms with shifting your attention towards doing normal things, the brain realizes consistently he's okay. Because even on a day with very colorful sensations, he's not freaking out. He's, he's pretty cool about it. Doesn't like it, but not freaking out. So absolutely clarity of what's going on. Does it apply to me? Accepting that, making a decision that this is the only thing that's causing the pain or the other symptoms. Um, and then consistently teaching, not healing, teaching the brain that I'm okay. And one of the biggest ways we can teach the brain that we're okay is how we respond when we feel the sensations. Because if we freak out every time we feel the sensations, the brain's always going to go, yep, danger, I knew it. But if we can constantly, not constantly, consistently, more often than not, respond calmly in a reassuring way, then the brain will eventually go, I'm buying it because he's darn consistent. And over time, the whole system can settle down and these chronic symptoms can start to fade away. And then we can start doing more. And then the more we do and we're okay, the more the brain is convinced. Wow. Right. And so it's an iterative process. People said, oh, I told myself I was fine three times. It didn't work. (laughs) Yeah, because your subconscious brain goes, what the heck? You told me something that you don't even believe three times. Great. But yet you've had symptoms or sensations for years. So it's not impossible. It's not complicated. Perceived danger is the problem. Safety is the solution. How to teach the brain you're safe, you know, takes some consistent consistency. And I teach safety emotionally, physically, and mentally. One of the things I love so much about um, your YouTube channel, Pain Free You on painfreeyou.com, 
is that that's a way that you can consistently hook into the inputting of mm -hmm. this this message and the better data yeah and i i think that what's beautiful about your videos dan is just your approach is very calming you know you're a very calm guy um it's it's you're easy to watch and easy to listen to and i think it's that calming feeling that you bring forward that really starts to um help your you know viewers and listeners believe deeper you know and again i really think the power of belief is um that's preeminent to getting better and to believing that there is nothing wrong with you i love what you said that you're not broken and just repeating that to yourself even you're not broken you're just fine and you know i mean honestly i think my whole life i've always said um what i've always said a phrase to myself consistently over time and that's during all different um, times when things might be very chaotic and very stressful i just repeat to myself all the time everything's okay everything's okay it's all okay it's going to be okay it's okay <laughs> and then i don't freak out you know so i think um I think that what you're bringing to people is really powerful and I'm so happy to have had you on today. Um, when is your book coming out? When it's done. <laughs> <laughs> had to put me on the spot. Um, you know, last year I had a pretty solid rough draft going and I set it down for a couple of weeks. Then I went back and I read it and I said, this, I don't like it. It's just not coming out right. And at that time I was doing a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching and I was booked and I was getting burnt out with the one-on-one -on -one coaching. I said, there's only so many people I can help. So I put the book on hold and I created a group coaching program um, where I can, I, so I wrote a course, shot the videos for it, have a membership site and weekly, I have two group sessions on Wednesdays and we get together, we share success stories, people ask questions and I answer them. But then the rest of the group chimes in. There's a private Facebook group just for the members. And it's really turned into something much greater than I had ever expected, because without me even suggesting it, they're calling each other their family. Oh, it's a community. You've built a community. It's, yes. And people are talking about at some point we're going to get together in person and you know, people are really connecting and supporting each other. Um, and so it's turned out wonderful. And as a result, I'm able to help a lot more people than if I just do one on one coaching. Um, but now that I've been doing that for a while, it's time to really get this book done, because that will expand my ability to help more and more people. Um, so well, I think it's, know, um, I can help you out. I, I've written a lot of books and I help a lot of people write books. So <laughs> I think it's a matter of getting to it. Exactly. It always is a little bit each day. I mean, if you, you know, devote about a half an hour to an hour of writing a day, it's like anything else. It'll just suddenly be done because you clearly know your work and your work is part of you and it's it's yeah. right there. So I'm sure in all good time it's going to be done. And I, I would love to have you back on when you have your book out. Um, but yeah. thank what's you. interesting, though, is had I written the book a year ago, it wouldn't be the same book as today. Oh, of course. In not. other words, uh, a lot of the concepts which I'm talking about now, the perceived danger pain, 
safety as the cure, really. Um, I wasn't really emphasizing those things a year ago, not nearly as much as I am now. So even though it hasn't been put out yet, I think it will be a better product simply based on the volume of content I've put out uh, and the amount of feedback I've gotten from the audience has been just incredible. If I put out a video and it's crickets and nobody says much, I realize that wasn't the best topic, but if the comments on YouTube or Facebook explode and I get a lot of confirmation that, yeah, that's exactly what was working for me or what was going on in my world, then I, I get that feedback. So I've learned more in these past three years than I had in the prior 20 something. So. Well, that's wonderful. And I love the fact that you're doing the group coaching and the membership because then that gives people the consistency that they need um, to just, you know, I mean, this is not something, I mean, I suppose for somebody it could happen overnight, but I would say for most people, it takes a long, lot, lot longer to uh, work with yourself on this stuff. So. Yeah, well, a lot of people come into my world either having been in chronic pain for years, sometimes decades. And so they've got years or decades worth of, worth of medical diagnoses and belief systems and uh, suffering that they've dealt with. So to teach the brain that, no, time out, we're actually okay, it's going to take a little bit of time and consistency. Um, so it doesn't happen overnight, but it also doesn't happen, it doesn't have to take forever. Right. It really doesn't, because I've seen people with a long time worth of pain that can get better in a period of uh, a few months. Right. Yeah. And so 20, 40 years worth of pain getting better in months seems impossible. But when they truly understand it and accept that there's nothing else going on other than a brain operating on that misinformation and fear and they can correct the data and dial down the fear and the attention they give it, the brain very quickly will make a different decision about whether or not to keep those symptoms persistent. And by the way, let me just state this, it's not just pain. This is for all sorts of symptoms, stomach distress, IBS, uh, vertigo, dizziness, um, you name it, pelvic pain, headaches. Some of those are all pain, but there's any number of symptoms that are all as a result of the brain perceiving danger. Anytime you get some type of a symptom in your body, it's usually because the brain's saying, we need a symptom to get their attention. Something wrong is going on. Legitimate food poisoning. Yes, we need to have stomach pain and digestive, you know, throwing up, you know, elimination from the bowels, all that stuff. That's how the brain gets your attention with symptoms. So, I don't know. It, it goes well beyond just pain. Um, there's probably dozens, if not hundreds of possible symptoms, you know, weakness, numbness, burning, tingling, neurological type of sensations, all as a result of the brain misinterpreting what's going on. So I just wanted to clarify for anybody who says, but I don't have pain. I've got brain fog. Okay. Very similar concept. So it goes beyond just pain. Oh, great. Well, good. I think so glad you clarified that. I just want to thank you for coming on today, Dan. It's been wonderful my pleasure. talking with you. And I'm sure that um, our listeners today are going to be so grateful for the information that you've brought forward. And I just want to remind you all, 
You can find Dan at www.painfreeyou.com and be sure to check him out on YouTube. His videos are wonderful. Thanks, Dan. Thanks so much. All right. well, thank you. I appreciate you. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff podcast with New York Times bestselling author and beloved teacher, Christine Carlson. Learn more about Christine's upcoming retreats, online courses, public speaking events, and more at christinecarlson.com and don'tsweat.com.